She loves Chanel CC, designer belt GG, house full of models GG. How many bottles plenty? How many hating many? Run it up, 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 run up a check. Chillin' with hoes, I'm smashing a friend and I'm smashing the next. She said she love it, I do it the best. And welcome back to A Little Kiss and Tell, everybody. Today I have my co-host with me. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Your Majesty, aka JC. And we have some guests in the building today. I'm gonna to let them introduce themselves. And at this time, feel free to promote anything, share your Instagram or your social media, whatever handle you have. I'm uh, Ryan Dollar. I'm a uh, husband to Nicole Dollar here. I'm also the executive producer for Fish and Grits, the podcast, a local Atlanta podcast here in Atlanta. We cover everything from sports to culture, to things a little bit outside of that. So make sure you give us a listen. We're on all platforms and on YouTube as well. Okay. Love it. I just do a lot of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to follow me um, at Nicole Dije on Instagram. Yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> the influencer greeting. Hey guys. Right. It's Amy Antine. Um, I am a house manager and I am married two years um, to a wonderful man named Greg and he'll pop in later. Um, my Instagram is Amy Lex. My um, Twitter is Amy Alexis U, I think. Um, feel free to follow me. I'm very open. And yeah, I'm excited to be here to kiss and tell. Awesome. Everything. Yes, thanks for y'all to be here today. Let me see. We're going to um, kick it in. We typically start with the sex position of the day. So mm -hmm. for today, we have from behind. So basically, you're standing up and it says, okay, so both partners are standing up and it is easier for the woman to hold onto something while the man enters her from behind. So basically, you got to put that little arch in your back. Okay, that's like the bed. Okay. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's like... <laughs> I tried that one with like holding, like let's say if um, the woman's in the front and like the guy's in the back, like the guy holding her arms and her like... In oh, yes. Yeah. Kind of like a wheelbarrow? Yeah. Wheelbarrow. <laughs> Deep yeah. penetration with that move. Yeah. Okay. What's the wheelbarrow? The wheelbarrow, is that the one where you hold the legs? I don't think so. I think you hold the arms. I could be wrong, but. It's usually like on the ground or something, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know what y'all talking about. Press up <laughs> wheelbarrows and cornhole and I don't know. I was just thinking like you hold the edge of the bed and he's behind and like he's hitting it from behind, right? Yeah, I did that. I did that Saturday. Thank God. Few and far between, but we'll get there. There's time. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing. Jesus. Okay. So we typically start off with an icebreaker game just to loosen everybody up a little bit since everybody does have a drink anyway. So yes. our first one, let's see. It says, confess three things that you do when you're drunk. Oh, can I go first? Yes. Hey y'all, y'all already know who it is. Okay, so <laughs> I FaceTime everyone. And, it, and I'm sorry for everyone that gets to FaceTime. It's the same people who I always try to FaceTime when I'm drunk. And then like if they don't answer, I attempt to call somebody new. Um, but I'm gonna start just FaceTiming 
people from the Z's to the A's next time. Why not? I'm dead. <laughs> I'm serious. I FaceTime everyone. I don't know why. I just like to talk a lot. Let me see. Another thing that I do when I'm drunk, I typically admit that I'm drunk. I'm like, I'm drunk. I'm fucked up. <laughs> really whack and really lame. And then I... Peer pressure. I typically drink more. You get everybody else drunk. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I'm like, yeah, I'm don't gonna, to be like, I'm, you don't have a drink in your hand. I'm going to feed you liquor. <laughs> I love it. Feed it. <laughs> what would y'all say? Um, I talk a lot and I tell everyone how much I love them mm. and make everybody cry. <laughs> and I just, I'm very hug, I hug, I hug and touch a lot. Aww. I'm a very emotional drunk, but in a good way, like I have a very happy emotional drunk i've never seen you drunk yeah i don't i don't <laughs> get drunk too often yeah. I, I have my other methods but uh just, yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm very talk i'm very giving i like to you know talk a lot yeah if we're out together i'll buy you drinks too i'm kind of like you know the, yeah, the guy. all right the group dad <laughs> everyone has to get drunk with me yeah, yeah. um yeah. i'm friendly i talk a lot yeah and then yeah, it depends yeah. on what I'm drinking too. <laughs> yeah. I'll just fall asleep on other things. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Amy? Um, three things I do when I get drunk. It's been a long time since I've been drunk. I'm a smoker, legalized at 420. Um, but when I'm drunk or super buzzed or high or a mix of the two, I would say um, I get horny. I'm looking. For my husband or somebody to <laughs> I'm kidding. Ah! I'm looking for my husband. I get horny. I get um, rambunctious. So I'm already kind of zany and crazy. So I get a little weird. And the third thing is, I don't know. It depends on if I'm in a club. I might want to fight. <laughs> and we duck it. I don't know. It just depends. What That's about you, TT? Yeah, so I have some of the similar, like, um, I'll, I think I'm a little bolder. I'll also peer pressure people to drink with me, but I don't even like taking shots. So it's not even the shot thing. It's like, as long as you have a drink in your hand, I'll probably be a more um, flirtatious for sure. Um, and then, yeah, most of the time horny. So <laughs> trying to scroll through my phone to see who I can call. But yes. on what I drink that makes me horny. Like everything doesn't make me horny. Like Hennessy doesn't really make me horny. Tequila, tequila, tequila. tequila. Yeah, we'll get your hey, juices flowing. <laughs> tequila, yeah. My husband's popping in. Say hey, honey. Well, hey, oh, <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> He's being nosy. He hasn't seen me with makeup on, so he's probably oh. trying to put his cleaner on my head right now. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. Name Not the right now. sexiest places to get a piercing. Three sexiest yeah, places to get a piercing. Let me take a quick one. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna put the bubble on. Three where? Sexiest places to have a piercing. <laughs> I would say the tongue. The nipples are good. I mean, they look nice. Nipples. Tongue ring is overrated. Who has nipple piercings here? Nobody. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> I don't. You know, I like. I like how the Prince Albert piercing looks. Have you seen that one? I've never seen that. 
I've actually just saw it, not the other day, but I saw it on like, I can't remember how I saw it, but. It looks um, cool. I don't know what the function would be, but like, it looks really. It looks so painful. Well, are you I'm open? Not, are you guys open to it? The male's here. No, not me. That's uh, the one. Yeah. I'm good. It's like a bull ring through your hand. Jacob's ladder is the one on the top. Yeah, I'm good. Ooh. Yeah. I think a girl would enjoy the one on the top. <laughs> I think nipples would be a very sexual piercing. I also think that um, the clitoris. Yeah, clit piercings are nice. I'd be scared. I'd just be walking and just like skeet all over myself like, <laughs> in the bank or something <laughs> in the post office. Oh my well, god! Like the, um, what about like the dimple places? So like either the dimple in the cheek or the one behind. I like this. I like the snake. White ones, yeah, and the Marilyn yeah, Monroe's. Yeah, nice. I like that. Mm, I don't know. You don't like it? I don't know. I, not that I don't like it. I just never. I don't know. I, I. It's not my thing, but it's cute in some girls. Yeah, I like it. Okay, next one. Which body parts would you cut off for one million dollar each? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's more than one body part. Each body part, you get a million dollars. Okay. Like toes, can I get rid of a pinky toe? Because this yeah, is I'm a starting toe. Problem. <laughs> a toe is a body part. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's two million because you're gonna have to cut them both off. Yeah, the pinky toes off. Bye. I cut both toes <laughs> off. Nine. I, cut off um, I cut off like my back fat. I can get rid of like an ear. Yeah, an ear is good. So my hard. arm flail. Yeah, it works the same. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm probably starting with fingers or toes too, because uh, oh girl, you're gonna be waving. You'll be like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no worry, I'm gonna keep my finger and go put that back right back on." Buddy. <laughs> okay, so that was fun. Okay, so we're gonna jump into today's topic, which is interracial dating. So both lovely ladies here are in interracial relationships. Our black woman here with their counterparts and I'm going to let them speak a little bit more on it um we do want to know how both of you guys met so we'll start there how did you guys meet your spouses you guys can start okay um we met at work um I actually didn't know who Ryan was but I saw him I just didn't know and he um sent me a message like on the work messenger and he didn't he had no reason to send me a message at all <laughs> I knew who she was yeah so <laughs> Just talking, talking, talking all day about nothing. And that's so you shot your shot, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> Surprisingly landed it. Yeah. Nice. First date. Very friendly. What was y'all first date? Uh, we went to a bar. Like, yeah. Uh, it's a place called The Grove in, uh, in Decatur. It was just a bar. And yeah. we just hung out. And then we went to sidelines? What was that? Parents' name? house. Yeah. Um, no, anyway, the, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Our, um, our beginning was a little sketchy, admittedly. But hey, at the end, it all was love. So that's all that <laughs> That's all that matters, right? <laughs> it was a little sketchy. That's the dark part. <laughs> but it's It hard. worked out. It worked out. It worked okay. out. Okay. So was it sketchy because of like an ex? It was, no, I was I was going through a divorce. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. 
accelerated. Yeah, I was I was checked out. I was <laughs> we were separated and all that good stuff, and then so. yeah, okay, then. got a little gas added to the fire. Yes. <laughs> got to keep it exciting. I like it. <laughs> That's honest. It's fine. <laughs> Amy, how about you guys? You and Greg? Well, me and Greg met the same way that a lot of people are meeting nowadays. We met online. We met on um, the dating website. I'm not going to mention it because they're not paying y'all. Hello. So, um, <laughs> and when they do, then, then we'll talk about it. But we met on a dating site and um, his profile I actually have um, he sent me a message December 28, 2014, and it says, Hi, I'm Greg. You have a radiant smile. I'm originally from New England, um, but have been in Atlanta since 2001. Where are you from? I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Aww. And um, after that, I was like, wow, a gentleman who's not um, asking me to show my parts. And he's not, it's not like one line. It's very genuine. So right. we started talking from then. We um, started talking on the phone and then we FaceTimed, of course, because there's levels to online dating. There's rules to that game. And that's on another episode. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and then we met in person and we had a date night every Wednesday for like four years. And until those stopped, finally, when we got <laughs> married, things changed. <laughs> things changed. I can give y'all the old school. I've been married for two years. And the spark is kind of dimming out there. I haven't been on like the romantic dates and those would be my qualms where we used to go weekly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't remember the last time we've been on a date, but um, still appreciative for every day and the little things. But yeah, we met online and we got married 2018, Ju June 2018. And here we are. Yes. I love that. Well, you might want to start. You maybe you should initiate the date. Do a yeah. little cue about how to set it up. Cue it back up. Oh, um, that's a lot of effort. I'm so old school, and I guess that's my problem. I expect him to know that's how fun. to feed me romantically, how to nourish me romantically, and I I need to be more vocal about that. So maybe when we bring him in later, I'll have to tell him exactly, you know, kind of what I expect as this relationship progresses. Yeah. I, like I believe, I really always believe like in relationships, like it's all about talking and like, mm -hmm. even if like y'all disagree, like it's okay to disagree because we're all going to disagree with someone at some point, but mm -hmm. it's about the way that you do it. And I mean, as long as y'all have like a real open line of communication and don't hold anything against each other. And I feel like, hey, you can discuss that. Well, you know, it is, uh, they need to arrest the murderers of Breonna Taylor. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you try and keep, you know, your own little background and your stuff to yourself and love and support the one you're with. But, you know, sometimes you can have that little, you are trying to oppress me, white man. No offense to you, Ryan. Ryan, I know you're sitting there. But that's also a feeling like, Oh, like those things rise up in you. You don't even realize it when right. you're in an interracial relationship, especially with things going on nowadays. You're like, did he tell me what to do? <laughs> no, he didn't. Black Lives Matter. Right. So honestly, so, I'm glad you kind of said that because like our next question was kind of surrounded at like, does yeah. race come up a lot? 
Mm. Our relationships? Yeah. Well, recently, yeah. I mean, just because we've had to have more conversations about things going on. And I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like it's not something that really came up very often before now. Um, We were both in interracial relationships. His ex-wife was Black. And like our families, my family's super like mixed. So it's not, it's just not something that comes up. But I did kind of want to know. I know we had a conversation, like I think around George Floyd. Where I did, yeah. yeah, where I wanted to know, like, what is your stance on what's going on? Because you're not really exactly. You're not really saying like he wasn't saying anything bad. He just wasn't saying anything. So exactly. Same. I want to know for sure. Like, and you know, I have a son, and he's now his stepdad. So I'm like, our son is mm-hmm. black. I want to know. I want to make sure that you know. I just want to know where your what your stance is, and I do think that after that conversation, you did become a little bit more vocal yeah. on social media and just period, just you know, talking about it more, talking to your parents, talking just because I I don't know I can't I'm not white so I can't speak, but I feel like <laughs> when you are like a like a white person who doesn't have like those like racist tendencies, you have a tendency to just kind of be passive. Mm-hmm. No, that's not you yeah I so mean, you're not aligning yourself with people who are racist but you also maybe aren't speaking out as much mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. so if your wife is black and all your friends like everyone you're, you know it's not really a thought that you yeah and that's that's what we when when she brought it up to me that was kind of I assumed that it was understood with me because growing up I mean I, I grew up in like off of Bankhead Highway like I I went to <laughs> yeah I went, I went to like I mean, I played basketball my whole life. Like I've been in sports. Like I've always been in, in areas where it's like everybody and I've never like, you know, I've never had that thought. I was just me. I always existed as me in this world. And so did everyone else. So when my, when I, when I was like in high school and my friends would come over, my mom made the comment one time, she's like, you know, when your friends come over, it's like a meeting of the United Nations. Cause it's everybody like, like Indian people, Dominican people, mm-hmm. black people, like Egyptian, but like my, our high school, I went to Lakeside DeKalb High School. We were one of the most racially diverse high schools in the, in like the state just because of where we were. And so, I mean, I've been exposed to that my whole life. So when she brought that up to me, I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course I don't, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, the really what it was, was our son was, that's where I, that's what clicked for me. It's like, I have to be more outspoken about this. I know it's perceived in my life. I know all my friends know this. I know you know this, but the world also needs to know this as well. So and that's yeah. when I became, you know, I don't, I don't like the term social justice warrior because I mean, it's just, just a justice warrior. And it can come there's, off a little performative. Exactly. Too, there's, there's a level it. to it. You don't, you don't go over the top. You, you've seen those people online where it's like, oh, yeah, you're doing yeah. too much right. even calm down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pointing out what's right and what's not. Mm-hmm. I do think too with George Floyd specifically and going forward the whole civil rights movement that's happened this year is like you kind of like I think especially as a white person you kind of have to make your stance like what what do you believe whether because I mean I'm not gonna lie when I go on white people's profiles sometimes I do like check for the black square and see like okay like yeah, yeah. I do too on. honestly yeah Even though I don't judge like I don't judge anyone I know people right. have ways of showing things but like it is a question. I feel like you've lost a lot of friends. You've lost followers. You've lost a lot of stuff just over, but I mean, you have to, I feel like it's yeah. necessary in this yeah. time to mm-hmm. align yourself. And I do think this is a side note. I think when we met politically, you were like, 
Oh, I still am. Wait, you still are. He's an independent, but like, I was like, okay. I know that's how you feel, but like at this moment, like I feel like you need to kind of like it's not a time for like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It, it's it sucks that that's the case, but right. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. So I'm like, I did want to have conversations. About My views that have too. always aligned with the the Libertarian Party, but mm-hmm. in this yeah. day and age, you can't you can't do, do that. It's you, like so mm-hmm. definitely shifted way. You can't more like Trump left. for his financial policies and shit. That's just not gonna work right now. It's so- <laughs> Thank y'all for being so open on that topic. And I would love to, um, Amy, if you want to bring Greg in for this portion. Sure. Sure. Let me see if he's available. Um, I'm not, I mean, not available. Let me see where he is. I'm going to text him and we have technology. (laughs) Can you come in? But I definitely agreed and a lot of what uh, the dollars were saying was resonating with me. Um, my husband in general is a very quiet, passive, very flexible, go whichever way the wind blows. He doesn't want to rock the boat. <laughs> um, but I mean, when we started dating, I made it very clear to him that, you know, you, the term I don't see color is not, that doesn't do it for me. You got to see color because you got to see the plight in the things that I go through mm-hmm. as a person of color, the plight that your son, your daughter, your your future children, your family goes through just for the color of their skin. If you don't see that we're already starting behind the start line, then you got to see color to see the injustice. So that's not good enough for me. So it's like when we have these conversations we try and respect each other but it does get heated sometimes because I feel like I'm like um wake up you know I'm trying to shake somebody who is who's been brought up in a sense of white privilege and in the white bubble and hasn't had to fight so much harder for a job or uh, a proper education or just normal rights or the right to not be profiled or looked at or stopped for no reason. So um, that's been kind of our thing. And slowly as time goes by, he's seeing and understanding. He will never be able to walk in in my shoes as a person of color. It kind of helps that um, that he's so open. Um, so we're, we're both learning. You know, and it's not about beating him down for him being born into a white privilege as a white male. Um, it's about, hey, we can't be ignorant to the things that are going on around us and the things that are going on to our people and the things that may happen to our kids, you know? Yep. So, yeah. But um, let's see. I think he's coming. I will. Do y'all watch uh, Lovecraft Country? I'm going to give them some props because that show is amazing. And I love how they're tying it into things that we're going that we're going through now. Like I think that's a perfect show for both of y'all to uh, actually tune into. Yeah, it's on my list. What's it called? Lovecraft Country. It's on uh, yeah. What's his name? The director. Uh, Who is the director? I heard it's good. Yeah, and kind of scary, which sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of like sci-fi. Um, oh, really? Indiana based, right? It's based around okay. like. Well, can you come in? They're talking uh, about. Yeah, um, I'm heading straight back to the house now. Okay, I love you, Susan. Love you, All right, so as he's coming in, um, Amy, I guess I could ask you this question. So, 
Do you feel seen as a black woman by him, his family, his friends? Mm. Wow, that's a, that's a tough question because I've been dealing with Greg's family for like the past five years, four or five years maybe. And it hasn't always, I had to demand that they see me, put it this way. I had to shake the room. Okay, like y'all not gonna push me in the closet like little slave girl now. Y'all gonna know what time it is. Syrian blood. Yeah. Um, so I had to let them know in the cutest way because they always want to label us as angry black woman in the most kosher way possible. I had to let my Jewish in-laws know that I'm here to stay. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am here. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I really had to let it be known. There's been some tough challenges with my in-laws. Um, and I felt it was because I was a, a little black girl joining this all white, the only black peppercorn in this all white Jewish family. I felt like I was being treated as like, oh, she can't come up in here in the tribe, you know? But I had to let them know, you know, your 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 firstborn. This he's not going anywhere because I got the walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Seriously kidding. <laughs> but no, I had to right. let them know Maybe that kidding. you know. I had to let them know that you know I respect you guys and I love this man and we have to come to a common respect and hopefully love for each other down the, down the line. And, and it is all love at this point. So I can say we've come full circle on that. That is beautiful. I think it's so beautiful to be able to like come together and have just an understanding. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing, honestly. Absolutely. What about you guys, Nick and um, Ryan Zola? I think, I don't know, our situation is probably a little different. I think that uh, Ryan's mom is super woke. Uh, for <laughs> a better term. So she literally is like in Facebook comment sections battling people and doing- Oh my gosh. And, yeah, and his, his, yes. his dad and his stepdad are both professors at Georgia Tech. They're, they're not, like, they're just, they're very liberal yeah. super so educated like, not ignorant yeah. and, they just, and they're like live in atlanta they're not they're like in atlanta like they're not like you know i guess income in georgia <laughs> the long yeah. like it's really never like i've never felt even as a single mom i felt super welcome because his mom was a single mom as well so it's like wow super welcome like so i've never really dealt with that i guess and as from your family from you like it's just never really been a thing I don't think and wow. then his parents like follow me on social media so I think they're pretty clear on my stances on things <laughs> and yeah how I yeah and so it's never been yeah a thing I don't think that's awesome I'm glad you had such a flexible yeah. smooth experience I'm not good with like conversations so I mean I can give you an example of like um we got married in June and in November Thanksgiving uh his parents have two guest rooms and he has one brother that's two years younger and his girlfriend came uh they have the guest room with the two twin beds and the guest room with the queen bed 
my mother-in-law, my dear sweet mother-in-law, told me, informed me through my husband that we would be sleeping in the twin beds, newly married, that we would be sleeping in the twin beds for seven days, and that Katie... <laughs> And Matt, Greg's younger brother, would be getting the queen bedroom. Oh, and okay. that's when I had to like say, now come on now. Yeah. Is it because I'm black? Is it because <laughs> I'm black, sadly? Because we're married. We had to come to Jesus. We literally had to talk. Um, I it was it was a war in the family. And it was it was got to the point where Greg, you choose me or your family because I can't take this kind of disrespect. We're newlyweds, we just got married in June and it's Thanksgiving and they're trying to make us sleep seven feet away from each other. <laughs> and they got little, little Sally Walker over there in the queen bed and she's tossing a little Victoria's Secret overnight bag on there. And everybody's all jolly and they expect me to be happy and you know, go with it. So I just have to say, look, we're married. And if this is how you're gonna do it, book us a hotel I, we won't stay here and that's the last thing they wanted so eventually his mom said you know I have to let him go you know he's not mine I think she was almost fighting me because I took her, I married her firstborn you know and it was an indirect kind of direct missile but it is what it is we worked through it and speaking of the devil my husband <laughs> Greg's coming in now I remember I'm those stories. Room. You me cracking up with that whole experience. <laughs> right. Mind you, for the listeners, um, Katie was a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you say about Katie? That she was a girlfriend while Amy was a okay. wife. Okay, we're talking right. about interracial relationships. Very Can you sit here? Or you want me to sit here? Can so you get it? Getting situated. Hello, Gregory. Thank hey, Greg. <laughs> welcome welcome yes so um i guess we can jump off with the next question and um ryan and nicole if y'all want to start this one off um as far as like of course I, as we've been talking like about interracial relationships and couples and how the world views them and how you have to nurture your own kids what are your concerns with raising your beautiful son as well as your future kids Mm. Okay, my main concern is just that his identity is intact, all of it, all the parts of it. Um, as a Black person, as the parts of him that are Caucasian, because he's half white, he's half Black, so he's Nigerian, he's Costa Rican, <laughs> all of these things, so it's like, I just want to make sure that he's confident in his, in who he is, because we've actually already had issues about race, and he's only four, um, where in his preschool class, somebody asked why he was white and his mom was brown, which is just absurd to me that someone would even be talking about that at that age. But we had to talk to him and show him our family and just we're all, you know, everyone's different and every, you know, like, and it was really hard, but I just want him to not face those situations because I went to like a predominantly white uh, high school and I mean my entire schooling was predominantly white and I think it caused a lot of problems with my self-image and my uh, confidence and everything and I just don't want right don't you cat <laughs> I'm just kidding no for real though like that's not that's not great like <laughs> Like when you're around like all white people, like you could really yeah. end up like Doja Cat. Like it's not that crazy. Yeah, like, she was an extreme version, but I mean, like 
people have told crazy jokes around me and all that stuff and I didn't know how to handle it so I just want to make sure that him growing up he knows not to stand for that shit but then also Mm -hmm. like be firm in who he is understand who he is not feel any way about who he is and just be able to speak about who he is and not be scared in any way or Mm -hmm. feel like he has to downplay any part of himself to say oh I'm you know I'm white and black or like no I want him to be there was a TED talk called both not half right and that's I just want him to just be secure in that and look at his family and not look at his white stepdad or Mm -hmm. you know he has like a Filipino grandma and like he has everything (laughs) look at everyone and just feel comfortable with that and not be scared to talk about it or accept it or any of that yeah I mean you know my experience with it is limited obviously but I, I my my view on it is obviously when it comes to those issues is yield to Nicole with when it comes to race, because I have not myself had not experienced that. But my my goal with Cruz is always to reinforce him. Never, you know, there are going to be external factors that come in there, but reinforce his security in himself, reinforce his confidence and build him up in a way that, you know, he can take that type of stuff and let it not chip away at yeah. who he is right because at the end of the day you know nothing is more important than his well-being to me so i mean when that, that happened with preschool i was i was 38 hot i was ready to go fight some but um too, like how people are raising their kids right. too because like, they're so aware why would of it a four-year-old four? even come to school even like i'm like i don't know i just it's such a like weird thing but I don't know I just feel I feel like there's so it's so easy to instill negative things about race with mm-hmm. children and like and it can happen so quickly I mean we're Nigerian and like whoa there is a lot there there is a lot right. with shades with it with colorism oh, yeah. everything and it's like Ugh, my mom has said a lot of questionable things. I'm not gonna call out my mom, but my mom has said Yeah, I'll call out my mom. My mom like tries to get me to bleach my skin, use the cream. Yeah, I mean, and they used it growing up. That's their oh. culture and what they're used to. It's yeah, the, the not, lighter the skin, the better. I'm not gonna even I'm I hope my mom, but I don't think that me being multiracial is an accident. I truly feel like my mom's goal was to make sure that she had a white white skin kids it came up so often it comes up often I mean my, like once a month I hear something about my complexion or Cruz's complexion <laughs> really? and I just like I don't want that to be any part yeah that's a toxic kind of thing life. for children no, I don't hmm. want him to because that's disgusting to me I, like I can't ugh, it's so gross so I just when that happened at school, I was like, oh no, we're, we're not doing this. Like, cut that shit out. And so you educate him at home. Unless yeah. you have to do this. So yep. It starts at home. So and that's because so we just had that topic about colorism. So, right. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> what were you saying, Amy? No, I was just saying there's so many external influences that, you know, you got to kind of really instill that in the kids at the house because. Mm-hmm. So many things they see on TV, so many things they see in their environment, at school, whatever the case may be. And sometimes you don't even know it's programming their thinking in a certain way. So 
um, you just got to be careful and really um, make sure. I think it's more so educating your child instead of taking or shielding, like hiding them away from the world mm. because they're going to have access to that stuff and those people anyways, regardless. It's more so, hey, this is what this is and this is how this is how the, this is how it is. And you tell you educate them at home, you know, so that they're prepared. He didn't hear the original question. Oh, um, what were you guys concerns in regards to raising your future children? Um, I mean, I think it's a lot of what has been discussed, but you know, for me, kind of like Ryan was saying earlier, I, I personally have not really experienced racism, you know, right in my face. So I can't speak to some of that. I grew up in a 99% white town. Um, you know, I had, it was probably until college where I was, you know, more widely exposed to people of, of different backgrounds and race. And I, I have never had a problem being friendly with, with people or, or feeling accepted or accepting people. But I can see, you know, coming from my background where, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily dislike or hatred or racism sometimes as much as it is just lack of exposure and understanding. However, you know, as the world gets smaller, as, you know, there tend to be, as interracial couples is not the, you know, rare thing that it was maybe 20, even 10 years ago. I think that's going to be something that people have more exposure to. So hopefully there is, you know, more general understanding, but from a child standpoint, you know, you are, you are soaking up what you learn initially at home, and then you are being exposed to things that you're not going to be around your parents that are, are confusing to you because you are talking or interacting with people whose experience is not the same as mm -hmm. your own. And you need to understand that, you know, a multiracial child, particularly if you're not multiracial yourself, is going to have different questions, different feelings about things. And you cannot automatically assume that your advice, which was good for you, mm -hmm. is going to be good for them. They're going to okay. be coming at it from, from a different angle. And you need to not assume that you're going to be able to answer their questions correctly. But all you can do is be open and honest with them. And you know, at some point, they are going to be seen as different. And that's not a bad thing. Different isn't bad. It's mm -hmm. just different. However, you need to also build your child's self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And um, as Nikki and Ryan were saying earlier, make sure they understand their own identity so that it is seen as something to be proud of, as mm -hmm. something to be confident in, rather than something that you are unable to speak emotionally intelligently about whether or not you're four or 40. Mm -hmm. mm. I love that. Okay, great. Well, I, that's the most I've heard him speak about that. And that's interesting. <laughs> we live together. I didn't know how he felt about that. Aww. That's very relevant at this point. Thank you for telling me. 
I love it. Right. right, that was beautiful. All right, so let's jump off the BLM um, and let's jump into tradition. So, like, are there like any traditions as far as like with Nikki and Amy's family that y'all had to teach to y'all partners or vice versa? Like any traditions that Greg and Ryan had that they had to teach you guys? Right. Yeah. Definitely. We're, I'm Nigerian. I'm a 35 year old Nigerian black girl, 100% Nigerian. He is a Jewish white male. He, can I say your age? You're 44. He's 44. I had to ask. He's 44. He'll be 45. And his, he's Jewish. So we had to meld these not only cultures, but kind of religions and I mean, the Nigerians were the most loud, brash, interrupt, like <laughs> boisterous, crazy, just vivid. We're very passionate people. And, and his culture, I would say, is more reserved, more laid back, more subdued, more, you got, I always say they sleep things under the rug. They like to keep things kosher. It's like, you know, you're very, not in the most, I'm not saying it in a negative way. Um, but we we let it out and we like to have it out. And I think in some ways we thrive off that kind of crazy energy. Um, not anymore. I've learned better now, but that kind of stuff. We also, we had to merge Christmas and Hanukkah, um, but I had to learn how to kind of tone it down around his side. And he had to kind of learn how to socialize in the crazy family Nigerian environment. Wait, I don't know. Somewhat. I think you're getting there after some five years. <laughs> you feel like you're doing well, Greg? I hate you. Huh? I was asking Greg, I was saying, did he, does he feel like he's doing well? Was that what he asked? Do you feel like you're doing well, like, merging our cultures and our traditions? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we are. I mean, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, it's a simple answer, but it's communication and discussing kind of what's important to you and what isn't. And even though I am, you know, a Jewish man, I am not particularly observant. It is part of my background. Mm -hmm. It is part of shapes me who I am, but not because of the religion itself, just because of my upbringing and the values that go along with that. But those are values that I think are, you know, not mutually exclusive from other backgrounds, whether or not it be a mm -hmm. religious or a spiritual upbringing, where you, you know, you, you simply have to respect what other people's background is. And then you try to share that and understand that it's not going to be the same as it always was for you. And there's something exciting about experiencing, you know, other things. I never had a stocking on the mantle growing up. I like my stocking. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the same time, it is, is certainly something that can be different, but there's no reason that it needs to be a source of strife. It, it's really something that allows for additional experiences along the way. Agreed. Agreed. I, there's so many Jewish foods that I love so much and I've learned how to make. I've learned how to make him matzo ball soup and kugel and other things that his mom swore that I would never learn how to make, but I, I saw how to make it. So she feels quite, no, I'm just kidding. You like it, right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So, 
So I'm loving enjoy, I'm loving learning about your culture and obviously your family and stuff as well. I love it. So like with the religion thing though, so do you, are you still Catholic and still like, or do you guys? I am Catholic and Christian. I am a Christian and I am Catholic and he is still a Jewish man, but he doesn't, he hasn't been to synagogue since. It's been a while. Your bar mitzvah? No, but it's been a while. 80s, the 80s. So it's not like he keeps kosher. So they're, what do they call you, reformed? Y'all are reformed Jewish people, right? So they, they don't, we observe the Jewish holidays. Yes, we do the best we can, right? Um, But we kind of just are, we're flexible in both sides. Okay. So yeah, he does, he's come to church with me a few times. Like our wedding, we had a, he's Jewish, I'm Catholic. We had a Baptist priest. So it's kind of like non-denominational. It's all love. It's open. It's it's we're not focused on that construct of religion like that. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right, dollars. Dollars. I mean, like we're not particularly observant of anything. So like I feel like <laughs> the biggest change for him is like I think just like the amount of family maybe like but the, okay the amount of family that contacts me directly daily yeah i think that's one thing that i enjoy yeah because my my family's like we know where each other are and we know how to get in touch with each other if we need to but yes for siblings that yeah, yeah like, that are communication separate. is like interesting we see each other on father's day yeah on holidays <laughs> yeah i was gonna say is that a black thing because i like talk to my mom <laughs> i know i talk to my mom all the time but, but to his extent but i mean yeah. i feel like i facetime with my cousins like daily, daily. i feel like we're definitely gosh <laughs> because y'all are best friends <laughs> but, like, but we definitely no, talk uh, yeah i talk to all of you often and i feel like my family's really like taking ryan in like there's i don't think they draw love ryan. yeah so it's like they contact him <laughs> equally they're sending him memes equally sometimes <laughs> that i don't see so it's like you know i feel like yeah yeah i just yeah that's a, that's the biggest difference i think is just i don't know about your past relationship but i feel like there wasn't much family there but i no. feel like yeah it was it's a, that's the biggest, like, I guess. So it's super smooth for you guys. Christmas, holidays. Yeah. It's a much busier Christmas for me now. We had to go to three, like three Christmases here and then drive to Augusta to go to one. And then like, it's, Ooh. yeah, I mean, it's a lot more, but that's, that's normal for me, but not for. Yeah. I was like, wait, do we have to do all of these? <laughs> yeah, not, not for <laughs> him either. I think that's a, like a, maybe an ethnic black like it's just like i think white people are a lot more chill about their holidays and like yeah like a it's like a A nuclear family thing yeah (laughs) his mom and dad and sister like that's it but like us it's like 49 people and it's like yeah that's a lot because yeah i would think like well i haven't been in a relationship forever but like we would usually just like choose a holiday so one year we're spending Thanksgiving with his family and we'll spend Christmas with mine that year and then vice versa the next year. So Amy and Greg, y'all are doing the same thing? Like We do times. that. We've been, since we met, we spent Thanksgiving with his family and Christmas, whatever we're doing in Atlanta or with my family. So we have done that um, since we've met for the past, what, five years? Six mm-hmm. years. Yeah. 
we that's what we've done um his family kind of owns thanksgiving and we take care of like christmas holidays so we know that's just our kind of thing that we've done mm -hmm. until i'm tired of dealing with his family for thanksgiving <laughs> i'm kidding okay let's see okay so what about like um financially so i want to get back to like comparison Ooh. like comparing to like you know, from when you were dating black men to yeah, because everyone looks at like um, Nicole <laughs> men as like being a little more into their feelings, compassionate, romantic, on top of their finances and things. <laughs> I'm not trying to dish like our you know black men or anything. We have some no, I definitely as well, but I just want to touch on that. Definitely understand, Nick. I'm gonna let you take that first. I do think that. I don't, I'm not going to say this is about Ryan specifically, but I think in general that difference comes from the fact that I think that Black men maybe it's pushed to, I feel like this is all men, but more so in the Black community, I feel like your feelings are not that important. And like Black men are not raised to think about their feelings. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, you just, and especially in relationships, I feel like they have a tendency to not be as emotive, but that's just because that's oh, more I have my <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm trying to get his insurance money. She fell on them guys. That's what we're laughing at. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. The picture I wedding picture <laughs> fell on both of our heads. I hope that's not an omen for our <laughs> Sorry, me. No, it's okay. No. But yeah, I just feel like that that's the difference. Like I think like just looking at when I I mean I've dated both, so that's the difference that I see that I feel like maybe a little bit more ready to talk emotionally but then also ryan was raised by his mom yeah. and right so it was like it, i think it just depends mm -hmm. on the person but yeah. i have seen that that is a thing like but i just feel like that's like a black men thing like they're just like talking about your feelings and emoting and all of that like mm -hmm. black men are like this monolith of just like they're gonna handle it and right I don't know i think maybe because you guys have like more of a um, like the stereotype that like like kind of like what you said, like white white men are more like I think like you guys don't carry that huge thing on you sometimes. No, there's no societal pressure for it for sure. Yeah, like societally, I feel like black men have a lot more pressure to not be as emotive, but I feel like white men probably kind of like with everything with white people, you guys have a leg up and you can. It's not gonna look weird if you're like super emotive. I think of a black yeah. man. Emotive, I think people definitely will judge him more than you being that way. Just, I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you think, Joey? I mean, you're mad. I, I mean, I know this probably wasn't directed to me, but I mean, speaking. But you are a black man, so you yeah. can Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for telling me, I forgot. <laughs> but no, seriously, as a black man, I do definitely agree with everything that Nikki was saying, because like, society tells us as black men that we shouldn't show our emotions or that we shouldn't care and we shouldn't go to counseling and you know like everything's wrong like if you do this when you're too soft mm -hmm. do this then like it's so i think black men put too much on themselves on trying to prove that you know 
they're opposite than what they're being told. Um, I, and and honestly, it's just it can sometimes get a get to be a lot. Um, but I'm me myself. I'm me. I've always been me. Mm-hmm. I don't label myself as anything at all, but Joseph. So right. I think it helped me along the years. Now, I mean, of course, like as a in, in my upbringing, I went to majority predominantly white schools, so I also think that was a plus. Even though, like, I was always on the West Side Bank here, Hollywood Road. West Side. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I agree with you. All right, how about you, Anton's? Um, I guess I would say that um, for me, uh, growing up, I've been attracted to both white and black men, and. I have dated both white and black men and I've had um I've had white guys not want to pay for stuff and not want to do the chivalrous thing and not want to you know not saying that paying for everything my thing my choice is that I like to be courted I'm very old school in that sense we, I've never paid for a date when we were dating. I never, I would just forget my bag in the restaurant because it was empty. Um, it's true. I forgot it. Um, but I'm just old school like that. Like I'm a lady and you're courting me. And he's, thank God, he's the old school gentleman. So I've dealt with the bums on both sides, black and white. Um, I think it's uh, just a, a guy thing, like whether it's, a chivalrous black guy or a chivalrous white guy or a bummy black guy or a bummy white guy. It's just how, like they said, how you're raised. If you're raised a gentleman, if you're raised with good sense and respect for women, and the right thing to do is if you're entertaining a lady, buy the lady a drink. She's parched. <laughs> you know, come on. We shouldn't have to pray for the drink. Right. <laughs> come on. So I got, I was all over that. Um, and, but I just ended up meeting Greg. I don't, I, I hate to say I don't see color, but in that sense, I'm attracted to both ma- black males and um, white males. So to me, I'm just looking for the less douchey of the, of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I found him. Here he is. So douchey, but give him a- less douchey. Give him a- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So yeah, no, he takes care of me. I'm taking care of you guys. Um, and that's his culture. I mean, his mother, uh, she went to college. She has her master's. And when she had her two sons, you know, she did her volunteering and she did her work. But her main thing was her family taking care of her husband and her kids, you know. So it's also a cultural thing that we agreed upon but I'm also an independent woman I like the option to go out and uh get it if I want to but um yeah that's just I think he's raised a good man and that's where we are thank goodness and I think girls should never settle for any less than what you really need and what you want or you won't be happy hello (laughs) (laughs) what were you saying your majesty I would say I feel like nobody should settle for less. Always go for what you want. Yes, agree. I do think that I I think that that um, stereotype is kind of dangerous 
Because, okay, one thing that I've noticed being in an interracial relationship, and I don't know if you've seen this, Amy, but, like, we, I guess I'm, I'm on social media a lot, and, like, people, there's, like, these pages, like, these interracial dating, um, white men, black women, lovers.com, and all this stupid shit. And I don't like, ever see those pages. <laughs> we, our pictures get stolen a lot and put on those <laughs> Instagram. I guess I'm not cute enough for my page. I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm very, like my my social media presence is very calculated. So like I feel like I feel so we had our pictures stolen one time, and the post had Three like times. a thousand likes or something, and we didn't even know. And then the comments are all like full of these stereotypes, like I like oh I gotta get me a white guy, like oh yeah, and I'm just like. Hold on now, because there, I mean, there's, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my baby daddy or anything, I'm just saying, they're not, they're on both, everyone is everything, they're bums on both sides, like, do yeah. you think because you're dating a white guy that you're going to get this soft, sweet <laughs> man who's going to pay for all your shit, that's a very dangerous thing, because you will end up a baby mom very quickly, okay, and that's, and it's, you know, it's not any different. Mm, and I that's do true. Feel like that's the thing that people need to be careful of because people fetishize interracial relationships a lot. Yeah, they're like, oh, let me leave Jamal and get me a Jameson or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, Jameson can be just as crazy and still be being I'm fetishizing mixed children and mm-hmm. fetishizing, like, they're all they're concerned about is having multiracial children. And, like, mm-hmm. that's all well and good if that's what you're into. But, like, I think that needs to be stopped. Like, it's like, a lot of people, I mean, some people do get into interracial relationships because they have a preference for sure. And nothing's wrong with that at all on either side. But be careful. These people need to be careful. Like, I don't want people to, like, see a functioning interracial relationship and think that, like, Ryan is how all white guys are. Or, like, any black guy is how all black guys are. It shouldn't Absolutely. never should be the case. But I think that happens a lot, especially with black men or black women and white men that like white men are like some type of like sensitive savior types or something that like but that's just yeah i can be a real dick too yeah he can be yeah (laughs) and like bad credit and all this shit like all the things that are on both sides yeah that that or why i date white guys or whatever like none of that is true (laughs) i literally my last boyfriend before greg don't even remember when it was he we went on our first date he ended up moving in with me from another late girl's house y'all remember josh um he ended up moving in with me what a bum okay (laughs) i pay for everything and bought him new tires i this is a white guy and um and then he lost his job and i put him out the same day i was just like that was it for me i was like okay how much am I supposed to put up with? Like, I'm not going to work for the government and you're coming <laughs> home and you kicked up eating Cheetos. <laughs> so it, it's both ways. It's always, and I've been with like a, the the sweetest, kindest gentleman, African-American who paid for everything. He was so kind. He was so attentive. We just didn't match. We didn't gel. It wasn't anything long-term. So it shouldn't be about the color. It should definitely be about what's deeper than that. And like Nick said, if you're attracted to what you're attracted to, Mm -hmm. but also don't be afraid to step outside of what you're normally used to as well. 
Because was I? I wasn't his first black girl he dated, but um, I was the first black girl he brought home to his parents, right? Okay. Yeah. But it, it interests me. He wasn't raised around black people. I was like, what about my blackness are you attracted to? Like, what what is it? <laughs> and he said, it's your face and your smile. And I was like, well, how do you know? What do you know? What do you know? How do you know what makes a black woman attracted? Not that just intrigues me. So <laughs> I'm just always asking him that. Like, do you like our curves? Do you like my thickness? <laughs> He tells me more pushing, more cushion for the pushing. <laughs> like what, like why, like, I mean, okay, I know you don't have a preference for black women. I know you date all types of people, but, but like, would you, okay, I don't want to ask. No, that's right. No, go ahead, go ahead. Kiss and tail. I've asked him this before, and he, I said, if you have like a, a white girl who's a 10 and a black girl who's an eight, who are you picking? And he's going to pick the black girl. So like why? Well, I yeah. need qualifiers. You need qualifiers, yeah. but like you said, you probably <laughs> go for the ethnic option. But why? <laughs> what is it? Well, I mean, I think a lot of things, at least in my attractions, it's we we like the things that we do not have or cannot have. That um, oh, fancy. That's real. So, right. That's very real. Like I mean. If you if you really analyze like your the likes and like the, the people that you you are attracted to, typically you can find like a pattern of like the things that you don't have or wish you had in you. And for those that are on video, I'm a very I'm an Irish Scotch Irish man. I'm I'm very pale. <laughs> um, so, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I like fetishize darker skin, but you know, it I I. Pref I prefer a golden brown, you know, I, I love that, that, that radiance. Ooh. That's just something that I've always liked. Um, my dating history ranges from like a few white girls, but like a lot of Brazilian. Latino, Brazilian girls, like Puerto Rican, like, it's just, that's the thing. I love darker. Oh, yeah. I love raven haired women. Your ex-wife was from Trinidad. Yeah. My ex-wife was from the islands. She was from Dominica. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, but I mean, also, the biggest thing that I'm building up to here is culture. Mm. I'm attracted to culture and mm. I love people who have a vast experience in culture because it, it builds a, a more interesting person to me. And one thing I've, you know, I'm kind of down on my own people on this is white <laughs> people don't have a lot of culture. You know, you, you meet someone from, you know, like for instance, Scotch Irish, like what, what's the first thing that comes to your head about an Irishman? <laughs> Drinking beer. Punch me out Irish. Right. <laughs> Ginger. Like, There's not much to it, but like, for instance, Lucky like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the Nigerian culture is very, very rich, very diverse. Um, you know, a lot of Latin cultures are very rich and very diverse, and they have a lot of things that they do and a lot of, you know, cultural experiences that they bring to the table, and it makes them much more interesting of a person to me. So, I mean, there are the, the physical aspects of it. Like, I prefer a curvier woman. And yeah. there are now curvy white women, but they're... <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Right? They're all coming up now. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're making their way out now. But, I mean, no. typically, you know, you, you know what you're getting into there. And it's just not my preference. But, again, that's just part of it. The, the bigger thing is the, the cultural experience. Mm -hmm. My friend said she dates mostly, like, she's white and she dates mostly black guys. She said she likes the contrast. She just mm. like 
Unless you take a picture in the dark. Shut up. When they're having sex, <laughs> she did have that problem though with her family photos. But they, when they're having sex, like she just likes seeing the difference. Like, wow. They, wow. Yeah. And I can speak on that. That's part of the, the whole skin thing that I was talking about. I mean, there it, you know. Maybe it's a fetish. Maybe it's just something. If it's a fetish, mm-hmm. but I mean, you, it's not fetish. It's you not. Don't you don't fetish size it? Yeah. There's a difference between having a fetish and fetish sizing something. I agree. That's an experience you have. As well. I, well, I was reading something. It's so interesting. There's this guy, and I forget his name. Um, but he was saying something about, and he's just a normal white guy. And I think he's foreign. He was saying something about the melanin, the brown that even when a person doesn't realize it, they're automatically drawn to see that brown skin or that brown tone, um, that richness in color. So we're not even, or men, you may not even realize it, that there's something there that you're attracted to that you don't really know. You don't even necessarily think about it, Mm. but you're like, hmm. Um, the animal inside us, the animal instinct, (laughs) like birds are attracted to certain colors and, um, you know, certain certain colors mate because they see a certain color and it arouses them subconsciously. We're animals, you know. You just never know. So I was just, um, I was reading that. So I don't think that it's a thing where it's so crazy, you know? One of the things that, to take it a little bit to the psych- psychological side, mm-hmm. a tan-skinned, healthy-looking person, a shapely-looking person, especially for men, <laughs> equates to you know in your healthy. your animal brain is healthy, healthy. yeah you know, hmm. curves equals fertility for women tan that's skin healthy brown tan. skin right that's, that's true yeah so they, it, you have all the black face the Beyonce, so. the kim black face they like to wear the toners and the bronzers and i have no problem with it because we all want to look rich i i made greg wear makeup on our wedding day i'm sorry <laughs> well actually she spray tanned him nicole dollar spray tanned him um guilty glow that's another plug for her great <laughs> yes. tandem because i was like i don't want you looking white and sickly pale white see-through and sickly on our wedding day in our photos forever it's not happening so i made her give him a nice rich you can call it black face but he had a nice brown a nice tone it was within his reasonable color it wasn't yes it was as tan as he would get normal because we had a summer wedding. How is he going to be looking like, hey, Arnold, like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is. Like you said, Ryan, it's like uh, health. And so, I mean, I think and also he said he likes the differences. He likes the the fascination of the culture. The Didn't you say it keeps you, it's spontaneous. It's, it's, it's like what Ryan says. Think most people... I think fall either into, you know, the stereotypical, you're a small town person, you, you date what you know, you don't ever leave five miles from Uh where you grew up and you're going to be with the same type of person that you spent your whole life with. Or, you know, it's the different approach of, you know, (laughs) see the rest of the world, whether or not it's geographically, uh, from partner standpoint, whatever the case may be, but you're not looking, mm-hmm. you're not looking to replicate your own experience. You're looking to be more well-rounded, and sometimes that takes the form of 
a different color skin sometimes it doesn't sometimes mm-hmm. it's different religion mm-hmm. it, it's you know I, I don't try to put myself in the head of other people's attractions I don't know and they don't know me but for me it's it's something that comes from you know knowing someone yes I, I can be as superficial as anyone else and say you know that woman's very attractive but you know two minutes into meeting them, I probably or may no longer think they're attractive because I don't like what I see behind it. Mm. So for me, it's that kind of well-rounded approach and, you know, different is just different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Agreed. I like that, honey. I love that. And honestly, like, um, as um, Greg as well as Ryan was saying, like, I do definitely agree that sometimes you go after what you're not supposed to have, quote unquote. And that honestly goes into my next question, uh, or our next question, I'm sorry, as far as like, does that make the passion in the bedroom? Like, Hello. <laughs> let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex, sex baby. So, I really do. I feel like, God, I don't want to sound like a nutcase, but like, I really feel like that's like a part of it because it's like kind of like even as progressed as we are like it feels like a little bit forbidden in a way yeah something that i'm actively thinking about we're not like race playing or doing anything fucking yeah we're not doing like sally and thomas jefferson (laughs) hide me away like like, no but i mean i just feel like it's just all a part of like that's not what people expect and you know like okay like okay this is like I apologize in advance, but like I feel like <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> people have like this stereotype of like white dudes and like how they are in bed and the things they don't do or not, like all of those things. Like it's not the pink dicks and like all the things. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a little neck and more rat. No, and the people do, and like it's <laughs> been insulted. Like literally on Facebook, people are like, "Shut up, pink dick!" Like people literally it's so weird right and like it's the first thing that like when black guys find out that I have a white husband there it's the first thing they say but I'm like no that's false that is very false and I've had little ones on both sides so yeah that's not (laughs) but I think that goes into like the attraction too that it's like I'm getting something that nobody (laughs) no one's gonna okay this sounds really terrible (laughs) no but like People like, I like the fact that it's like, I know what I have and like people yeah. in the world think that I have something else. Like it's yeah, like- Yeah, they can inquire. Yeah. Like, oh, you just have like, someone tried me today. Someone sent, mm-hmm. I sent you a text message. Somebody's like, are you happy at home with your in husband? Your and your marriage. Like, would you ask me that? Wow. <laughs> but the reason he asked me that is because my husband is white. There's no, so there's like this right. idea that somehow I'm, giving up sexuality and, exactly. and that's so dumb like why the yeah. fuck do I do that to myself like, I'm, not stupid. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I don't know why would I you know like it doesn't make any sense why yeah. would I right. choose I mean some people do choose that but like I don't know why I would and like <laughs> I I'm very um seasoned and I feel like why would I girl I'm seasoned like Lowry's I'm over saying, here why would I choose my <laughs> life partner to be someone who's like a fucking lame like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> he may not present the way he is but he is a way and and it's fine because at the end of the day it's nobody's business 
And I guess maybe they're trying you because you put up, I guess, no, I don't get that because one, I don't have as big of a social media following and I don't have an external network as big as yours. And I'm not as gorgeous as you apparently because nobody wants to steal our pictures. People steal their couple pictures. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I mean, you can always learn and grow in each other sexually. Me personally, I love getting real like, I love just twerking on Greg. And when I twerk on him, he's like, you're gyrating. He's like, oh, wait, like you're gyrating on me. But I know it's like giving him what he needs. And it's cute because it's something that he's not necessarily in his normal button-up world exposed to. So I just wop, wop, wop on him. (laughs) And it keeps it spicy and lively. And it's fun for him, I'm sure. And, you know, we try different things. And as long as we're both comfortable and um we're growing in love and in lust because that's all so important right um that's all that matters right yeah but it is a little bit about defying a stereotype so it is a little bit like oh yeah like you know like like what i told you walking with car the other day what what <laughs> okay never mind but i don't know what he's talking about but yeah but i feel like that is a part of it like He's very unsuspecting and the system. Yeah. They're only gonna help me. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not it doesn't hurt me in any way, the stereotypes, because like have them and then it won't be bitches after you and shit if they think you're whack. So <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it is different. It's all different. Like, I mean, you've been with well, I can say I personally like the West Side. With that, <laughs> who don't have a job, who pull up on you at 3 a.m. with one thing on his mind, that's different than when you're intimate with your partner with a soul connection, regardless of the color, regardless, you know, that's different. It's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. If you're willing, you're gonna you're going to reach the peak, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, one thing I do want to hear the guys' answers as well, like vice versa. Um, but I, you know, one thing, like I always just thought, like, like probably like white guys would be more, more experimental in the bedroom and like into doing more than where black guys would be more like, oh, I ain't doing that shit. That's true. Huh. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like you don't really say no to anything. Ooh. Well, <laughs> uh, I only got one life. There's only uh, one thing. That's good. Yes. But like other people have said yes. So it and they were I feel like you guys are a little bit more like I think that goes I think it's just the guy they're nice. They're flexible. Like you're open to learn when you don't want to be ignorant, you're open to grow and learn. I think that you're gonna do things and try things with your partner. Is that not that's his question? Oh, sorry. <laughs> there goes the Nigerian. We'll talk over you guys. Drown y'all white men out real quick. Y'all won't even, we won't even know y'all existed. Y'all just stayed into the bush like that. Uh, family guy. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. So what was the, the act, the, can you repeat the question so I can make sure I'm answering it right? Yeah, so we're, what? What? Uh, so we basically want to know about your sexual needs in the bedroom and the di- well were you saying the difference or like like ha- like as far as like in regards to when we were saying that you know it's always the passion builds when it's something that you technically aren't supposed to have 
and like how does that passion like interact with sex and then also I guess I guess I could also bring up the like do you get rooted on by other white guys and go oh yeah you got a beautiful black girl and stuff like that oh so curious I'll, I'll answer the other way around okay. um when I first got into my first like open interracial relationship no it was quite the opposite actually um and it could have been because at the time I was at University of West Georgia and there's a lot of small town small-minded people out there mm -hmm. um and one person told me one time that it was actually easier to get black women than it is to get white women and I was like really oh no I'm sorry what yeah like, <laughs> No, you <laughs> have a lot more barriers, barriers and like stereotypes to overcome as a white man dating a black woman than you would. Just like what you were saying, yeah. like old turkey neck and pink dick and tiny dick. <laughs> oh and, Lord. Like, that's like common vernacular. Turkey neck. Turkey neck. <laughs> that has been Listen, said to me. Even to, for a white guy to approach a black woman is like almost men. insurmountable. Like Greg would never, if he had to talk to me in person, he said he would never ever have approached me in person because my beautiful brown skin, the regality of me and the way I glide um, down the sidewalk, he would never be able to approach such majesty. And so. You <laughs> <laughs> did say that, well, in our day to day, you said you would never, you wouldn't have would the confidence. Not have, I would not have likely, but. See? Uh, I think be I would. honest you're right not all the extra but <laughs> you know you. you wouldn't have approached me yeah. anyways I think Ryan was still talking I'm sorry Ryan I cut <laughs> you off <laughs> um, yeah so I mean you have those you have those those stereotypes to overcome uh and it it, it all depends on the other end you know it, it goes both ways, you know, because there's going to be stereotypes as you're going into this as someone who has never done it before. And you have to be willing to either drop those completely or have a open mind and be willing to change those. Uh, yeah. So th those things are, you know, are often, some, I don't want to call them roadblocks, but more like speed bumps along the way that you have to go over. And it's always better if you just approach them at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I've learned because that was my first, like, I guess high school technically was because she was Brazilian, but like, I'll just say a, a, a black woman. The first time I openly dated a black woman was freshman year of college. So that was like 2004. That's nice. um, so, you know, I've learned that along the way that doing that, doing those type of things and, you know, just, you know, talking about things like that up front is easier. So to go to the sexual side of it, not so much for me. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't view it that way. It doesn't, it doesn't add to it to, to me, at least that I'm aware of. <laughs> this may be happening on the, on a subconscious level, but I don't think so. Um, I, not, none of those thoughts have ever crossed my mind in the bedroom. Okay. He's literally never Great. said that. I've, I've like slept with guys who say it, like they, they say things. The <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. It's very weird. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> 
Because uh, <laughs> then I think that goes back to the fetish sizing. Yeah, it goes to fetish sizing. And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like acknowledging your race over and over Weird. again. And yeah, that, that's a thing that has happened to me. Mm. Very cringe, very uncomfortable. Does Greg want to touch on that subject a little bit? What was the question? These <laughs> men have short attention spans. <laughs> right. You can't, can't hear the question. It, it was, was more than this, but. Go ahead. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just pretty much just um, discussing about like sex with your partner and in regards to like is there more fashion due to her being a black beautiful woman so i mean for me the answer be i i am a very private person when it comes to that stuff frankly i'm generally not comfortable talking about it um but for me it's it's all about it's about her it's about you know having the good relationship and and you know, just connecting on, on that level. It's never been, for me at least, you know, consciously, you know, race has never been a part of that. But at the same time, it's not something that I've ever really spent any time thinking about. Uh, I tend not to dwell on that kind of thing. I'm very much, you know, yeah. what what's right in front of me in the here and now on that front. You know, there's other things that I've will endlessly worry about and be hung up on but you know there's also plenty of things where for me it's just what's right in front of me and just the honest one-on-one -on -one relationship side of that but it's never something that's really occupied any of my my time or thought i love that yeah yeah it's about me <laughs> i love it all right so as we start to kind of wrap up a little bit, um, so quick question, I guess anybody can start. So for anyone that's like concerned that dating interracially is like rejecting yourself and your heritage, what would you say? Like being rejected? Like, I'm, like, you, like I've always heard like how a lot of like black women more so will always be like, why are they going outside of their race? Like, do they not like their race? Are they trying to reject their race? Are they trying to change something about it? So I guess I'm saying like, for those that are concerned and that's what's stopping them from dating interracially or just dating who they find themselves more so attracted to or who they fall in love with, what would you guys say? What would your advice be? That's a tough one. I, I would start, I can start by saying that, um, Don't be small-minded, be open-minded. And I'm like a Finnish Shakur, like I'm Angela Davis. You can't get no black. And I'm 100% Nigerian and I'm very <laughs> proud of that fact. And be with somebody who uplifts that and who highlights that and who's proud of that with you as well. And um, you can embrace both. You can embrace who you are 100% and you can embrace that you love that person from a different culture, a different race, 100%. And it can all be a beautiful thing as long as you're open and you communicate. Um, every now and then I yell at my husband, I yell white privilege at him and that 
releases some of the pressure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do though. And it's all just, but that's another thing. We don't take ourselves too seriously in that sense. Yes, we have the serious, 100% serious conversations about social injustice and racism and what's going on in the world. But at the same time, we also, you know, we're light about it with each other. We know each, other, uh, each other's intentions. We know that, you know, we just want to learn more about each other, um, him, his culture, and him, my culture, and, and meet in the middle and just be flexible. And it's all love at the end of the day. <laughs> I, um, I would say, like, I think this, like, I feel like is like a, like a, a thing in the United States. Like, I think that race is like super important to Americans. And I feel like what I would encourage people to do is look at things more globally. Like, mm -hmm. yes, of course, being black is primary in, in a black person's life and that, but you just have to look at like the world. Like what, what could you gain and whose life could you change if you don't limit those things? Like, of course, if right. you, nothing is wrong, of course, with like black love. And of course that's, that's, I, I always hashtag black love. Right. That's so but funny. Like, when I see couples, I hashtag black love. When I yeah. see couples of friends getting married, I love it. I think and it's such a beautiful thing. Necessary as well. It's necessary. We Because you have to have that. But it's like there also needs to be people who step out. Because like, let's say you were in a relationship with a white woman. What would you learn about the cultural experience of anything? And it's like, it's not my job, of course, to teach him about cultural experience. Mm -hmm. He's going to learn about it just being here. Absolutely. Here. If he's willing and if he's open. Like, that's just being a, a more mindful, just Partner. of anything. Like, even when you're going out, if you choose a Black person and you're Black, nothing's wrong with that. But just, like, I guess don't look at it so closed-minded. Like, you don't have to date someone because they're Black or because they're white. And this is for white people, too. This is for anyone. Right. Who's, it's just... Just, I don't know, just like, and then when you're getting into these relationships, no matter what race the person is, like what your ideals are, are maintain them. So like mm -hmm. if you're going into a, re a relationship and your blackness is primary and that's what's important to you, you're going to find the partner who's okay with that. Not mm -hmm. every white person is going to be, not every Hispanic, not every even black person is going to be okay with your right. blackness being the loudest part of you, but just who cares? Fuck them. Then that's not the person for you. And just right. for anyone, I feel like in any relationship, you, you like, just make sure you are vocal about who you are and what you want. And no matter what that person's race is, like, don't compromise and don't feel like you're going to have to compromise. Mm. Like, it's very no important to set that out up front. Yeah. There shouldn't that. be compromise in interracial dating. There should never be because all it is is interracial dating. Like, I feel like we were watching that couple today on YouTube that are interabled and he's in a wheelchair and she's not. And I'm like, they don't think about the sacrifices. Right. I, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, he, she's not thinking, what do I like? What do I have to give up by dating someone in a wheelchair? She's just saying, I love that person. But for some reason, when it comes to race, absolutely you know, feeling that you have to give up something. But it's like, it's just another way to do love. That's all mm -hmm. it is. It's not, it, it sh that's all it should be. Mm. Interracial dating should not be any different than dating. Yeah, we're a long way from there, but we'll get there eventually. Right, and I feel like in the U.S. we are because I feel like race is a lot more at the top. Like if you go to his, like any other country, it's not 
race is not primary as like it is here. It's definitely important for sure, but it's so like, ang- I don't know here. Especially like, now, you know, with everything yeah, going it's, on it's, where it's, it's like, really- I don't know, people are racist everywhere, but I, for some reason I feel in the United States, it's like we have our own special brand of racism yes yeah definitely I agree with you Nikki but I also like 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 you said it's really important to get those get that communication out in the forefront yeah meeting somebody and being so enamored and so in lust and you know you're enjoying the dinners and whatever you do because we didn't we didn't get intimate for like six months when we met but whatever you're doing and you're enjoying make sure you're having the important conversations and maybe that's a another reason why we're so foundationally strong because you have to have the important conversations let the person know who you are really get to know who that person is exactly and are. not not a watered down version of who you are not exactly because it would be so unfair if I was like Miss Prim Proper Stepford wife <laughs> when he met me and like right. all coy and oh, oh yeah honey and then when we get married I'm like bitch I'm looking and fucking <laughs> you kind of turn that Stepford wife on though at the beginning I ain't even gonna lie it brings that it brings <laughs> I got him. You'll you'll end up hating the person that yeah. You'll hate the person you're with if you if you aren't honest. So I feel like especially though in internet where you're having to talk about really hard things, get them out of the way and make sure that that person at least is open to hearing what they're maybe and I think that's a thing too, like when a lot of maybe black people are interracial dating if they hear like one thing they don't like and I'm not talking about like racist things or like obviously but if they hear like one viewpoint that they don't like mm. they're it's done like it's like okay you're like fuck you like I mean yeah honestly, right. I heard he's a libertarian and I, I was like oh, okay like what the fuck does that mean but like you know <laughs> say, okay hold on like why, why? yeah be open be open or like yeah you know there's a lot of things but you just have to give people a chance to be better also without being a teacher and without but just let people be better absolutely but y'all didn't ask the question about what these guys think about our hair when it's not done and when (laughs) it's in its natural state (laughs) bonus right I want to answer the other I think when it comes to like that, I'll just say it this way. There's a, there's a quote that I live by and a, and a lot of things and you actually touched on it a little bit there, but it was by Mark Twain. And he says, uh, travel and worldliness is the death to prejudice, bigotry, and small mindedness. And I, I take that to be not only just traveling the globe, but traveling every, everything, mm-hmm. cultures, races all that you need to open yourself up to all those type of things so you can become a world citizen and not be confined to just the ideals of where you were raised and mm-hmm. and the everything that comes with that uh, I think when people say you know I'm not open to dating black people I'm not open to dating these things it's just like why do you think it's like saying you don't like won't try seafood yeah it's like i don't want to try that food because i don't know what it's like yeah how will you ever know (laughs) and most of the time you find out food is just food it just tastes a little bit different Mm. oh my god 
yeah, that was good. Great analogy. <laughs> I want to thank y'all for coming in today and being so open to have this conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. Of course, this is very first. Yeah, y'all said some amazing things today, and I hope that, you know, the listeners out there become a little more open-minded, step outside that pool, and yeah. Yeah. They, they <laughs> somebody else, Indian, Spanish, like, go... Get exotic. Date somebody outside your race and just try it. Try oh it God. out. Inside your race is just a different socioeconomic class or something. Absolutely. Just try it out. See so you're telling me I need to go get somebody white? Because I never dated outside my race either. So. Uh-oh, <laughs> It doesn't hurt to go on a date and see, and that's it. Like, it's not... Just try it. It's just try it. There's no, there's no harm in it. and You might like it. <laughs> <laughs> or you find out that you don't like it and it grosses you out and it's not for you, but you have to find that okay. out. No at least matter you know what. that. Yeah, and at least right, you know. that's true. And yeah. try a different variety. Like there's the different, like you have your accountants, you have your white mics, you have your in-betweens, <laughs> you have your goth, your emo, all my friends are dead, white guys. Like try a different variety. There's different people. So do your thing. I want to hear more about your interracial quest. Like I want, I want you to step out there, TT and and see what it's like. And we want to hear, the viewers want to hear about an experience from you going on an interracial date, I think. I think I should document that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do one too. She going to go on the uh, interracial date. <laughs> you know, I think he has some very, he has some eligible <laughs> bachelors. That's his law firm. Hey, law firm. <laughs> We're gonna play. Y'all know the girl's single over here, so hook the sister up, honey. There, that's fine because <laughs> there's no way you're single, girl. You sexy, but don't settle. Like that's the thing. Like there's nothing wrong with being single. I, I would be single now if yeah. I didn't come across somebody who did it for me the way I needed it to be done. I would be single yes. and be happy with it. Yes, just yes. fine. I'll be having a GG go nesta baby out of wedlock. I'll just buy the sperm and let keep it moving. You know, <laughs> it, you can do whatever you want in this world as long as you're happy. You know, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. ever be with somebody just because society says you have to be with your oh you're this age and you should be getting married and you should be having kids. Do you? Mm-hmm. As well, long so as you fuck it. If you like, if you only like black guys, then fuck it. That's fine too. Nothing Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you? Whatever makes you happy in this world. That's for sure. Thing. Thank you, TT. Thank you, Thank JC. You, Thank, Thank you, Dollars. So good seeing y'all faces. Oh my God. Everybody have a great rest of this night. And yeah, this episode will be dropping soon. Look out. Yay. We're honored to be on. Thank you guys. This is actually vote really- 2020. Yes, make sure y'all vote and check out Lovecraft Country. <laughs> We're gonna watch that and I'm voting early. Thank you guys. Also, arrest the police that killed Breonna Taylor. Absolutely. That part. Bye everyone. Bye y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Face down Waiting for me I'ma show you pretty ass That you'll never see Don't be scared, let your head down Give your body all it needs
Keep me craving it all night long 